Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is for Fox's sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox's Sake. My name is Pete Selby and alongside me is globetrotting European expert. It's Mr. Rob Hayes, episode 94. We're edging ever closer to the Magic 100. We're outside the King Power Stadium before uh, the game against Fleetwood in the Carabao Cup. First of all, hello Rob and uh, how were your travels and all that sort of malarkey? Wonderful, thank you. I'm still here in a jumper and jeans though, which I'm not accustomed to. This time last week I was in Croatia, as as you heard on the podcast, 35 degrees, sweating from places I never knew existed and now here we are on a Tuesday night in the EFL Cup or Carabao Cup or League Cup or Worthington Cup or Coca-Cola Cup, whatever you want to call it, uh, in a jumper and jeans. But yeah, I'm pleased to see your face again, Peter. Even though you did say we were going to do this episode from for Fox Ake HQ, forgetting this all-important Tuesday night clash. I completely forgot. I do like um, if we do not call it the Carabao. I, I think uh, a Coca-Cola. We'll revert back to them. And um, anyone from Coca-Cola who are listening, who wants to sponsor this exact episode, then get in contact for the usual ways. But anyway, we're still outside the King Power. Um, you described it very well earlier by saying you need to bring a jacket but it's actually too warm to wear it at the moment. So we're standing in the middle of the road outside the cop, so we might get run over and you might hear the old car. But um, so, Leicester, how the hell did they lose at Man United? Because <laughs> they're awful. Uh, we won't mention Man United game, but uh, they won at Southampton. Uh, we'll, we'll do a little bit on tonight's game, but obviously most people will be listening to this, or everyone, sorry, after the game. So um, to do all about tonight will be uh, probably wrong. We could all mention a bit towards uh, at the end of the game. But uh, the game on Saturday against Southampton, it, it kind of went, in my opinion, and it's not after time at all, but it pretty much went how I thought it would do. I thought Leicester would be in the game and then kind of in a horse racing analogy stay on at the end and 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 that's the team that Puel likes he likes the team to be active and fit and 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 nimble and quick hence the reason he's made the team selections that he has and it's going to prove to Leicester's advantage in the last 10 minutes of games and that's what happened yeah, exactly. I'm pleased to say that my prediction was on point and your dad's three-word review has uh, vindicated that. Selby Senior, don't tell me you've pretended that you haven't read it. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah Southampton game, was, it was all right, really. Um, like you say, to, to go away, get three points and have that staying power is, is the way you just described it there. Uh, everyone wanted Maguire to pass that ball, I'm fairly certain of that, but... He's got good technical ability, we know that. Okay, took a little um, nick and he didn't really strike it particularly cleanly, but it doesn't matter how the goal's going either. You'll have seen on Twitter earlier that I was on uh, TalkSport 2 earlier, just chatting a little bit you about were. I heard tonight's game. Bit. Yeah, just, just talking rubbish on TalkSport instead of talking rubbish on For Fuck's Sake is pretty much what, I, what I've managed to make a living out you of doing. That. Yeah, no, no, I said it, I, I agree with it as well. Um, but I said a lot of Leicester fans are saying after positive results saying yeah we won but why put the but on the end of it we beat Southampton 2-1 away from home who cares whether the goal comes in the 92nd or the 2nd minute that is 
football. It is played over 90 plus minutes. Goals will come at whatever time of the game they come. You can't always get 3-0 up inside half an hour and then cruise for the last hour. You've got to win games different ways and we won, full stop. They asked me what I thought of Puel and I said, happy so far. Two wins out of three to open the season. Did really well in the summer recruitment-wise. Playing a decent brand of football, not all, not throughout the entire 90 minutes, but there or thereabouts. Exciting young players, two wins out of three. Why does there have to be a but? Well, I, I completely agree. And okay, you, you always go back to Puel, don't you, and, and the way he is in, in press conferences and that. And that's why the majority of people don't really like him, or not really like him, but attached to him. And, and I have to say it's probably the same for me as well, but... It's all about what happens on the field. Yes, it wasn't the most sublime performance, but you'd say we played an awful lot better at Man United and didn't pick up any points. We go there and win. And there's nothing like a last-minute winner as well. It was nice for Gray to get a goal. I've still got big question marks over Gray, but hopefully he can develop into the player that we all hope that he does, and especially here at Leicester. And, of course, big slabhead himself scoring the winner with a a 20-yard rasper. Um, a, A great goal and a... It's basically a, it's a, it's an easy indication, easy example of the way that Maguire gets forward from defence. I think the, uh, the the comments were, was it Mark Hughes said he wished he had a shot and it went in, and Puel was saying when he was about to let fly, I wish he wasn't going to shoot, and uh, obviously it went in the back of the net. Maybe fortunately somehow, yeah, went through a couple of people's legs, but still, a win's a win, and um, Leicester have got a bit of a number over Southampton at the moment, and especially with Puel in charge, and that looks all good looking forward to our next game because at the start of the season you were looking at Man United away you take a point instantly beat Wolverhampton Wanderers try and get something at least at Southampton going for a victory hopefully and then you play Liverpool at home and Liverpool at home again it's one of them games where if you get anything from you're looking at a a really good start to the season if we look forward to that Liverpool game first in fact no we'll do the three word reviews because it went down very well last week and um, we were trying to work out on air um, through about 2,000 miles of, uh, of phone line which worked quite well actually the setup we did I, I thought it sounded quite well um, we we're going to give points for the best ones etc I, I don't think we'll do that I think what we'll do is we'll just have the best three of the week um, mainly because you can't be bothered to keep a league table it's, I can do but no, I like, I like top three. Do it's a three-word review. Here's the best three three-word reviews. I'll tell you what then. We'll have the best three three-word reviews of the week. And we'll put the graphic up on social media like we did last week. And we'll keep a league table of the amount of times that one person has been in that top three. Yeah, that, so- that sounds feasible. Sounds doable. So you'll have a league table of how many times you've been in that best three three-word reviews of the week. Yeah, agreed. But in, we're not allowed to enter, is that right? I was just about to say, uh, can we enter? No, because we get to pick who's in the top three. We could have like an alias though, so we could come up with a weird name. I could <laughs> read one now. Anyway, we'll go through a few. Um, Sam, who was actually into the uh, into the we'll say Hall of Fame, top of the league already, by being in the best three from last week, uh, he says it uh, grew into it. Then we've got uh, two consecutive wins. That's from uh, Ghost of 66. Uh, Kip Smithers, last minute winner. Ticking along nicely, Stu Teasdale. A big ooh, Harry Maguire from uh, Leicester Boy. Uh, ooh, Harry Maguire from Paul Oliver. Uh, then we've got Foxes Never Quit from uh, Blue Army Sweden. Uh, back to goal from Mark Perkins. 
No, me neither. Uh, uh, maybe the grey goal. Uh, he did have a bit of a swivel, didn't he? I, d- uh, I don't get Mar- most of Mark Perkins' jokes, to be fair. So. No, hello, Perko. Uh, Marty's foul throw. Need 11 Maguires from Martin Summers. Puel is God. A comprehensive away win from Paul Keller. With a winky face. Um, Slabhead Saints Slayer. And Defenders win games. Have you picked a few out of there? I've picked my favourite. I've got a few, and then uh, and then we'll miraculously, in the world of technology, move on to uh, Facebook. So I think instantly Slabhead's Slabhead slays Saints. That has to be in there. Yeah, that's that's the one I just picked out as well. Anything like the one that won last week was very wordy. This one's alliterative. I'm a bit of an English fiend myself, so I appreciate that. It's on top of my list so far. As Pete winds up his ancient mobile phone to load the Facebook, you can you can tell we uh, pre-plan this kind of stuff, can't you? So what we're going to go for? We're going to go for Slabhead Saints Slayer from Hazit Patel. So well done to you. Um, I'm going to go Puel is God purely because it was against Southampton. Yeah, against Southampton, and based on the fact that he's getting some unfair criticism at the minute, why not blow the praise of him out of proportion as well? Puel is literally God. And uh, and we need one more, and I'll let you choose the final one. Uh, Seeing as it... mm, We can't be kind of two people on at the same time, can we? Yeah, no, I'm going to go for this one from Ghost of 66 on Twitter. Two consecutive wins. There doesn't need to be a but, that's what I'm saying. That's that's my message in today's podcast. There doesn't need to be a but. We have two consecutive wins. Well, there you go. That's the the three-word reviews, top three of the week, and then we'll put the league table up on... uh, Facebook and also on Twitter as well. So about 45 minutes before kickoff, there's no one here, as I was saying, which is uh, slightly worrying. But uh, we'll look forward to Saturday's game. Now, when you play Liverpool at home, it's always a big game, and Leicester have had a good record against Liverpool at home over the last few years. Um, but this is a different Liverpool, isn't it, with the new goalkeeper looking the business. They haven't conceded. Van Dijk now established... Also, they've got um, Nabikita in midfield. It's a really good midfielder. And we know what their forward line is like. We are missing Jamie Vardy. More on him in a minute. But I'm I'm not going to say I'm not I'm worried about the game, but I don't really fancy us on Saturday. Is that me just being a bit negative, or is it actually pretty accurate, according to you? I, I, no, I think it's pretty pretty accurate because Liverpool were always a team last season that could hurt you, but you could you'd always feel like you could eat, you'd fairly easily get a goal against them. You'd always expect it to be yeah. both sides on the score sheet. Liverpool, you wouldn't ever expect them to come and keep a clean sheet. But wait, like you said, they've added some steel in midfield. They've added a quality goalkeeper which they desperately needed. Van Dijk settled. Um, Robertson really coming into his own as well as Alexander Arnold at right back. They've got. They've got a better side for Saturday than they had last season. And they finished, what, second in the Premier League last season and hurt a lot of teams and won a lot of games. So, yeah, I, I think you're right to be wary of them. Um, it all depends on the way we approach the game, really. If We well, we, if we, we have our own, of course, we've got our own danger men, really. You know, we've got our own ability to score goals and do well in the game. I, I, I agree. I just, I just feel that they're a massive upgrade on what they were. The thing with Liverpool is that they always had those three players who you knew had a massive ricket in, which I know is an easy thing to say after what happened to the goalkeeper in the Champions League final, but that was just a prime example of 
what mistakes they've had. They've got him, they've got Lovren in defence, who is a good defender, but he needs to have a very solid person alongside him. Uh, yeah, in, in, a, in, a, in a way that uh, Wes Morgan, when Huth came in, transformed as a player, it looks like Lovren's going to be doing the same when um, with, alongside Van Dijk. Gomez is now back from injury, looks a really good centre-half, will probably play for England in the next few weeks as well. They, they just have a very solid side and for me, they, them and Man City are just clear of the rest. They look a lot further clear and it's all to do with me, it's all to do with Vardy. There's no Vardy, we know what he's done against Liverpool. We know what he can do. We can, he can spark the crowd. He can get that goal out of nothing to maybe get us back in the game, let alone get us in front. And he's not there. Can he and Acho do that? Probably not. No. And you're not, not by at, himself. No. No. And you're looking at then you're looking at the other players to step up uh, and support and pick out Ian Acho in the right areas because we know he's a goal scorer. We absolutely know that. You can see the quality of his finishes, the composure that he's got. He's a goal scorer through and through. But. Does he do enough around the other areas of his game? Probably not, and that's why he's not had as much of a, an impact in a Leicester shirt as many would have expected him to. Interesting, I've just looked at the team news for tonight, obviously here at the Leicester Fleetwood game. Oh, I've not o- seen this. So o- this, is, this Okazaki is and Ianacho started up front together. Right. Well, Okazaki obviously will play sort of number 10-ish where Madison's operated the last few games, but it's it would be good for both of them to get minutes tonight because one of them's got to lead the line on Saturday for me it has to be Iheanacho I don't think Okazaki's got enough about him to lead an attack in the Premier League um, but it's then whether he wants to use Okazaki particularly for the first hour or so because we know that the sort of defensive attacking job that he does if you will there's no real terminology for the job that he does but if you want to try and keep things tight and frustrate Liverpool for the first hour here on Saturday lunchtime do you start Okazaki with Iheanacho because I don't think you're going to get quite the same amount of industry in a defensive point of view from James Madison in the number 10 role maybe you start him out wide on the left for example and ask him to drift inside or maybe you save him for the last half an hour because however the game's going if you're 65-70 minutes in even and you're either losing or drawing to Liverpool you want someone like Madison to come on and pick the lock and try and find a way through uh, I don't think he deserves to be dropped as such, but I wouldn't see it as being dropped. I'd say get Okazaki some minutes in tonight, see how he looks, and he certainly gives you an option to keep things a little bit tighter playing up front with Iheanacho on Saturday. Yeah, and another few people getting their runouts as well. Evans needs match fitness because he looked massively short of it against Wolves. Uh, Fuchs playing for the first time this season. He's keeping Armati at fullback. That's interesting. So he's not brought in Simpson, who's not even on the bench. Uh, you got these. Uh, Ibora Silva midfield, which you would have expected, and uh, Mares 2.0 out wide was always going to be playing as well. So it's, it's pretty much the team that we thought would be playing tonight, and a number of them you would expect to be in the team on Saturday. I'd be disappointed if Morgan's dropped on Saturday, um, even if he plays the vast majority of minutes tonight. I think still, even if Evans gets up to match fitness, I still think, for me, that Morgan alongside Maguire is our best defensive partnership at the moment the uh, the Turkish guy played in uh, the other day he's not up to uh, match fitness at the moment so you've got to put a line through him until he's up to that speed Benkovic on the bench tonight I yes don't, I don't know what, I don't think it's an intention to use him tonight because changing the defense for reasons other than injury is quite rare yeah I, 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 I won't be surprised though because you look at someone like Silva and Iboru in midfield you'd imagine that they'll be able to last the 90 minutes against this side wide players 
yes, that might be right as well. One of them coming off, and obviously you've got Iniacho and, and uh, Okazaki. I'd imagine Iniacho probably won't play the full 90 if he's going to be the spearhead of the attack on Saturday, which means they could actually change one of the centre-halves. So maybe Morgan might be given an hour and then someone like Benkovic coming off the bench. But um, for me, it's still Morgan and Maguire. What about you? If Johnny Evans plays 90 minutes tonight, he's up to match fitness, up to speed, looks good, do you then play himself and Maguire or do you stick with Morgan I was, against Liverpool? I was surprised when... Morgan was left out in favour of Evans in the second game of the season. I, I, I didn't. I didn't think Powell would have the size of testicle required to make that decision that early. He very quickly reversed it in the next game. Whether he was going to do that or not, who knows? And he's he's been very conscious to mention in every press conference he's had so far this season that he's he's making little changes. He's rotating through the squad little bits here, little bits there, which some people aren't a fan of, but he obviously is. And he's making a point that that is happening in every position, which is it is right. There's only a f- um, sort of four or five players that are, albeit guaranteed, a starting berth at the minute. Uh, I think the fans' reservations of having Morgan and Amati on the same side of a Leicester defence are ha- have got a bit of foundation. It's, it doesn't strike me as the most stable, but would I drop Wes Morgan for Johnny Evans based on his performance so far in a Leicester shirt and the character and stature that Wes Morgan brings, plus the partnership that he has with Maguire from last season, no, I wouldn't. I'd stick with Morgan. On Saturday, I think it's a a no-brainer. You'd have to. To to risk Evans in a game against Liverpool, you could arguably say possibly the hardest game for a centre-half in the Premier League against that forward line, OK Man City, but in terms of being a central defender that might well be the case Um, I think other areas of the field you would have the ability to have the ball more in midfield out wide and then maybe up top against Liverpool than you would against Man City Um, yeah I agree that's my case it's it's interesting the Simpson situation I'd imagine he won't be here Um, maybe he's going to stay for a season I mentioned um the other day talking with friends about the, the, a lot of people who don't support Leicester were saying about these players who are not involved in the squad what are they going to do and I'm like well the thing is they're on a lot of money so well, a lot of them might just sit for a year and go look I'll take a year out try and get back in the side but you know with the best will in the world I'm picking up a lot of money um, I think Christian Fuchs is definitely one of those as well yeah but he was always going to leave at the end of this season and I think he'll be useful for Ben Chilwell for the for the rest of the season and there are not many better backups than him although he's, he's not as quick as he used to be it, the experience and character that he brings to the squad he, he is adding a lot and I know Simpson gets on quite well with a lot of the, the squad members as well uh, how could you not if you're a part of that Premier League title winning squad but I think maybe Simpson might be on on the loan move possibly Fuchs won't go anywhere but Simpson might the only trouble is well actually there is no trouble I just thought Ricardo Pereira can operate at right back as well so yeah I I don't think he's going to be involved at all and and maybe also for January transfer window if you're one of the lower league clubs in the Premier League and you're looking to shore up your defence and maybe you're having a bit of a a change around in defence what a a, name a better person to come in as a solid right back in your side then Danny Simpson there really isn't one so it'll be interesting tonight to see all these players this is why I like these games uh, in the Coca-Cola Cup at home in the earlier rounds because we are going to play a completely different side which is great because we get to see these players also we're at home because playing a different team away you know, we can slip up which we very nearly did at Fleetwood last yeah. year on TV um, I expect us to 
comprehensively win tonight. I'm very interested in seeing Mares 2.0. Um, he's got a, a golden opportunity to show his stuff. And uh, yeah, if some of it doesn't quite come off, it's not the end of the world. But um, a chance to get a starting berth. He's obviously in favour with Puel. He's come off the bench on a couple of occasions so far in the Premier League. And um, and also, it'll be nice to uh, it'll be nice to see uh, a lot of other players as well who who don't get their starting berth, which maybe that they should. The likes of Silver and Silver. For me, I would say when I saw the team sheet against Wolves, when I saw Mendy, it was extraordinary. I was like, well, what Silver done wrong? I thought he played well against Manu, but the way that Mendy's coming to the side and looked exceptional, he's looked the player that we actually signed, which is something that I think a lot of fans of a lot of clubs can look at and go, look, if a player doesn't actually hit the ground running straight away for whatever reason, injury or just the relationship with the manager or players or the system, it's not the end of the earth. Sometimes a player can look poor in a system with a manager in a setup and then with a slight change in situation they actually are the player that we signed they can then produce the goods yeah i've read an article today about mendy um, and how a lot of clubs if they've not done great business in the transfer window will try and sort of have a lone player back that nobody's really seen much of and and, and put the the press uh, release out like a new signing and try and try and use it that way and say oh look it's pretty much like having a new player Rarely does it ever actually come true. They're normally just as bad as they were before and there was a reason that they were farmed out on loan. But Mendy does actually... He is like a new signing. But the things we don't... This isn't a cover-up. This isn't people trying to say that because we spent £100 million in the transfer window and did great business. Added everywhere in the squad. Looked very strong in central midfield anyway. Everyone forgot about him. Nobody even thought about him for the Wolves game. I don't even think he was listed on the pre-match injury, is he injured, is he not chat. He was just literally like forgotten, completely the forgotten man. And he is like a new signing. Him and Ndidi, the strength that they offer in that spine, Ibora's caught up with the game and then slowed down a bit and caught up with the game and slowed down, looked good in patches, never really picked it up. Silver, I don't think his best position is as part of a two-man midfield. I think he he would probably operate best where Madison does at the minute as the number 10. So, for me, it's Mendy and indeed he's starting until one of them gets injured or suspended. Well, I, I agree. I completely agree. I think Silver, for me, would be in that midfield too alongside Ndidi. I think he's good enough. I think he keeps the ball. And I think he moved. one of his best assets is receiving the ball, turning, and then distributing the ball really quickly. That's what his skill set is. He's, he's, he's Spanish. He's, he's uh, Portuguese, sorry. He's, he's from that part of the world where they're really good at... The, the close control and then just releasing the ball quickly. The ball can get moved from left to right, go forward through him without going long or going high because of his skill set. But is he good enough physically? That's the question. Mendy puts himself about. Mendy's got the highest pass completion percentage in the Premier League this season. He can do all of that and put himself about and cover the ground. Well, for me, it would be Mendy in midfield for that exact reason. Also, he's, he's more solid and it gives the forward three behind the striker more licensed then to go and do their stuff the, the problem with that is that they will have to go and do their stuff because they're not going to get any help from the midfield too at all so there's a lot of pressure then on Madison on the two wide players and then the forward to produce the goods and at the end of the day that's what they're and that's what they're in those positions for so there we go I think Silver for me is a, a really good backup slash 
first team player as well. Do you know what I mean? He's he's in that situation. He's in that conversation. Maybe for playing at home against a, 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 one of the lower teams who aren't playing well or are going to maybe put a defensive lineup up, or for whatever reason they're not playing their usual way, then maybe Silva could easily come in instead of Mendy because we don't need that double reinforcement in the side. That's an easy move. I think Ebora. I think unfortunately he's just not quick enough for Puel as well. He's just not quick enough. He's a very good footballer. I think in certain situations, this game tonight, also maybe away from home, maybe during the game, if we've got four, we've got two goals in front, for example, what you could easily do is bring on someone like Abora to play. I think he can play further forward as well. He could play in that Madison role. He can maybe even play, not out wide, but take one of them off push Madison slightly wider yeah, and then Ibora just have Ibor in the middle yeah. and um, he could easily play that role as well just to keep hold of the ball so he's got a vital part to play this season it's going to be interesting today now prediction time because we're not going to do a podcast before the game on Saturday obviously the game will kick off in what 45 minutes from now I'm going to go for a 3-0 victory here I think maybe an early goal and two late goals for Leicester yourself? 2-0 2-0 I think uh, I think Mr Inacho maybe get a few tonight and uh, and then on Saturday it's going to be it's, we need to keep them out of our penalty area out of our final third out of our half out of our half <laughs> for as much as possible my fear is if they score early on it could be a bit of a hiding and I don't mean they're going to score 7 or 8 but in terms of them keeping possession being two up and is not really going to kick I think it's going to be tight I'm going to go I'm going to be positive and go, go for a 2-2 um, maybe a late comeback I think 3-1 Liverpool I think they'll be 2-0 up cruising we'll get a late one and they'll get a later one I think 3-1 I don't very often predict Leicester to lose I, I'm like Lor- Mark Lawrenson on his predictions though he's not I think oh, he predicted no. Liverpool to lose for the first time ever a couple of weeks ago uh, normally I predict a winner or a draw for for City but based on all the things we've talked about about Liverpool on this podcast and all the things we've seen so far this season I think I think we're in for a defeat unfortunately end on a bummer eh (laughs) what about that no 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 no. let's end on a high let's end on a celebration of Jamie Vardy's international career shall we yeah what was it seven goals in um, 26 games I think that's right he's announced that he doesn't really want to be selected because the way that Southgate's going to be bringing younger players through and he thinks that it's not really fair, really, is probably the best word uh, to put it, that he actually is in the side because he's going to bring all these young players through and also he wants time to spend with his family um, and also to concentrate on his club career. It's great news for Leicester. Let's put it first thing out, it's absolutely fantastic news for the football club that he's mentioned him in that statement. Also his family living in the area, he's not going to move from the club. Fantastic. We knew that after he signed that new contract. Um, for me, it's a shame. You, you, you look at two things. The, the back heel goal against Germany, an amazing goal. I remember I was in an airport. I was in Las Vegas airport on my way back. It felt awful. Of course you were. Ten days on the hit and miss. And basically, that goal, it was amazing. The goal against Wales in Euro uh, 2016. Some fantastic, also, fantastic highlights. Also, when he came on, remember what it felt like for Jamie Vardy of Leicester and all the things that's happened to him to then play for England another, a Leicester player playing for England at the time was just incredible and then he became a starter and he started two or three games he scored he looked confident he did well he never didn't play well for England and he, he's had a, a really interesting two or three years with the national side one thing that Southgate said about him is that he made the South, uh, the England 
setup more like a club setup with the way he is, the way he acts, the way he acts with Maguire. I think Maguire will be disappointed that he's uh, that he's um, departing. Obviously, they're good mates, but they're the good points. The the bad points are he wasn't well used. He should have been used more in Euro 2016, which was a complete disaster. And you've got a guy who's just won the league and scored all them goals in the style that he did. For some reason Hodgson didn't play him apart from off the bench in emergencies and when he did he scored it was he should have been utilised more same as Danny Drinkwater in my opinion should have been in the first team of England in that competition and then obviously in the World Cup we've just had um, he didn't get his goal he got injured and I think maybe he should have maybe come on before uh, against Croatia uh, to try and change the game he was obviously carrying that injury which was a, a real shame so he did say that you know he came fourth in the World Cup not many players can say that but they're my thoughts. Yeah, I'm delighted for him because I think a lot of players will try and drag good things out for too long. He's looked at it, he's gone, if if whatever age me with the, the ankle tag on and not able to play away games on a on a weeknight because of my curfew kind of thing. 21 or something. Yeah, had looked at that and gone, you'll play for England one day. Not only will you play, you'll score for England, you'll play at major, major championships uh, and you will be unquestionably in the 23-man squad for over a period of two or three years. And a firm fans' favourite for from fans of other clubs. Yeah, absolutely. I think he'd have gone, you're, you're absolutely mad. It, it just... The, he was one goal short of completing the complete fairy tale for me. If he'd have scored at the World Cup, that would have just wrapped everything up for him. But it is rags to pretty much the richest rich you can get uh, in terms of the story I think he's doing the right thing England are never going to play the way that is most effective for Jamie Vardy he can't help them as much as he can help Leicester they don't offer him as much as Leicester offers him and also from a, a selfish point of view from a, a Leicester City point of view Jamie Vardy relies a lot on pace in your 30s your hamstrings start going if Vardy's recovering if Vardy gets a couple of rest days during international breaks because of his because a lot of the other players will as well gets a bit of time with his family doesn't wear his hamstrings out he's got more to offer for this long term contract that he's just signed for the club he's signed for another what four years I think people when they look at that then they say oh yeah well international they don't play that many times for international uh, sides no but they go away with them and train hard for those two weeks in them two weeks I'd imagine what would happen is as soon as Leicester finished the game before an international break he'll be on the plane off on holiday with his family resting up having a good time with them and it's it's amazing news for the football club mm-hmm. it's amazing news I'm disappointed because obviously he's a Leicester player and he's playing for England and that's fantastic but it's it's a tremendous bonus for Leicester um, and it, and we'll only know about that in the next few years and, and fingers crossed he's still playing up front for Leicester and he's you know, just enjoying his time and, and that's what I think it is he's enjoying his time here at the club he's signed that new contract I think it's different with Gary Cahill who announced at the same time that he's uh, stepping aside I think he's actually retiring probably because of all these young centre-halves coming through maybe a bit of the V9 academy as well he's having an effect um, I think one player I can't remember his name has been signed by a Premier League club now so Vardy's V9 academy He's looking at these young players coming through and I think he just looks at the new players with with Southgate and goes, give them a chance. Give them the chance that I didn't have when I was younger and he doesn't want to stand in anyone's way. I think that's one thing with Vardy. He's a, he comes across as a, a, a thoughtful, sensible guy now in his life and he sees the bigger picture more than 
most players. And I think he doesn't want to stand in anyone's way of progressing because that's what's happened in his life and his career. And also, when the doors did open, he took advantage of that with his V9 Academy. He's trying to do the same. And I think he's done it with his England career by stepping aside. So well done, Vardy. I remember Vardy. Well done, Jamie. Um, I always remember when he came off the bench on his debut. Uh, what, a, what a brilliant sight. And then when he scored that, you know, those, those famous goals and... And when he scored his first goal as well, tremendous. But uh, anyway, well done to him. And we just hope that he bags on his return to the first team. So a nice, easy win tonight. And we'll see what happens on Saturday. Anyway, all the best for everyone listening to this. And you can follow us on Facebook. Type in Fox 8 Podcast. If you go to Twitter, at FFS Pod, make sure you give us a follow. Make sure you give us the three-word reviews as well. And uh, we'll draw that sh- league table of them. I'll have to dig out what we did last week. So episode 94, and we're edging closer to the Magic 100. <laughs>